Okay. Uh, tonight, I just want to bring you just a, a short message, really. But uh, I was reading uh, some uh, the the. I'm trying to think of the guy's name, and I can't do it. But he he is the head of the Lifeway bookstores and all that. Lifeway did a survey at, at many churches at different denominations, and they were asking these churches uh, how many of them believed in demons, how many of them believed in hell, how many of them believed in Satan, and different things. And it was really surprising. So many of the denominational churches, I mean, uh, your, your Baptist, your Methodist, uh, all of them, even non-denominational churches, many of them had this, that, that uh, there was one church that were like, the, like, like 60% of the people did not believe in hell, Satan, or demons. They said, no, that's just, we don't believe in that. And you got some churches that won't teach out of the Bible. You got some churches that will not open up their book, their Bible, to the book of Revelations and teach out of it. They said, we don't like that. We, uh, it's too scary. Our people don't enjoy it. Well, it's not where you enjoy it, but it's things you need to know. You know, Revelations, is, it's, it's not, it, as a matter of fact, what it's called Revelations, what it really is, is prophecy. It's prophecy. It's not something that has happened. It's something that is going to happen. And God has given us a warning to be ready, how to, how to handle the situations, uh, and different things. But that's what I got to thinking about that, and I started doing some looking through the Bible and so forth. And I've entitled my message tonight, Are Demons Real? Many people, like I said, they don't believe in demons. They don't believe there is a demon. They, a lot of people think the devil, hell, and so forth is a scare tactic that the church uses to try to get people in the church. And that's all there is. So, some of all people, one day, are going to have a very rude awakening. A very rude awakening. They're going to be, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I believe? Why did I doubt? It's going to happen. And God's telling us right now, my word is true, for I am the Lord your God, and I lie not. You know, God cannot tell a lie. God goes by his own standards. And according to the book, the Bible, a lie is a sin. Lying is a sin. And it tells us over in Revelations that all liars will not make it in to heaven because it's a sin. And maybe, oh, it's just a little white lie. It's a lie. Oh, it's just a little white lie, you know. Well, it's still a lie. And we have to learn that, that God's word is God's word and God means what he says. Matter of fact, over in Revelation, he says, you do not leave anything out of my word and you do not add anything to it. He said, if you leave it out, I will, take, I will take you out of the book of life. And he also says, if you add anything to it, I'll add all the curses in the Bible to you. 
So God's very serious about what he says. And he wants us to believe his word, act on his word, and do what his word says. He didn't, he, he didn't have all these, uh, you know, there's 66 Bibles. I mean, 66 books in the Bible. And there's a lot of them except for the New Testament. And many of the New Testament was wrote by different ones. But in the Old Testament and everything, they had so many authors. And look, they, most time, the, 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 the time period between all these writers was so different. They didn't even know each other. They, they couldn't converse, but yet the Bible lines up. Because it's God. God's Holy Spirit come upon the writers of the Bible and told them what to write and what to put in the Bible. So that's how everything comes together is because the Spirit of God himself orchestrated what he wanted in the Bible in the order and what he wanted. So that's how the Bible all... You're not going to find any mistakes in the Bible. The Bible is correct. Because it's God's word. And God says there are demons. There is a hell. There is a Satan. And there is a heaven. And he wants us to believe so we can be aware of the thing. You know, it seems like, how many of us, that it seems like every time we turn around, something's going wrong. Something comes against us, this and that. That is the enemy. It's not God. It's the enemy. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to pull you away from God. He's trying to make you angry at God. He's trying to blame everything that happens on God. How many of us ever said, I wonder why God let that happen? I wonder why God did that? And most every time, it's the devil. Now, God does do some things. And a lot of things he does, he does it to get our attention. So that we will wake up and listen to his word and act upon his word. And, uh, but, uh, you know, is it, there are those today, like I said, who do not believe that demons are real. But, you know, the Bible gives us so much evidence of their existence. The Bible gives us so much proof that demons exist, that they are here, that Satan exists. He's real. You know, Satan don't want you to believe he's real. He don't want you to believe. He wants, he still wants you, you know, he wants you to believe he runs around in a little red suit carrying a pitchfork and has horns. He wants you to believe that. That he's not real. It's just, this is just something made up. And uh, more than, as I was looking through here, I found he said that more than 80 times in the New Testament we are shown the evidence of demons. More than 80 times just in the New Testament that we are shown that uh, demons are real and most of it's in a relationship due to Jesus Christ. It's, it's usually against Jesus or with Jesus or Jesus intervenes in it. So Jesus himself comes into our part to help us many times, and you may not even realize it. I love that song. He could have called 10,000 angels. You realize that you have angels? You, you, some of us, we don't know how many times we've been detect, uh, protected by an angel. Though God himself may have put up a wall to keep something from going wrong with you. He watches over his children. And... Uh, 
But Christ believed, not even Christ, he knew there were demons. He believed in demons. And he, and he showed his power over them. There is not a demon, Satan himself, none of them, are more powerful than God. They're not more powerful than God. And God gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit that sometimes we have to do war with demons. They come, we have to come against them. Demons are real. Christ believed in the reality of demons, like I said, and then he showed us how he handled them. I'm going I'm to give you a few scriptures here that, that relates to demons and to Christ and what he did and how he handled it. Just to prove that Jesus said, there's demons, I've dealt with them, i fought with them, and I know how to handle them. But here in Mark, chapter 1, verse 32, <clears throat> it says, At evening when the sun had set, they brought to Jesus all who were diseased and them that were possessed with demons or devils. They brought these people to Jesus to cast these demons, these devils, out of them. And here in Mark 1, 39, and it said, And Jesus preached in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and cast out devils. He said, people, devils will get into some people. I'm, and many people, I'm going to show you something here in, in a minute that maybe you didn't know. And it, uh, <clears throat> so here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 24, and Jesus' fame went out through all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with various diseases and torments, and those who were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic or mentally unstable, and those that had the palsy, which they were paralyzed, and he healed them. But notice, many people were possessed with demons. Luke 7.21 And that very hour, and that very hour, Jesus cured many infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. A demon is no more than an evil spirit that Jesus cast out of somebody. And to many blind he gave sight. Jesus dealt with these demons. He dealt with sickness. And much of the sickness was brought on by the demons. Many people are demons possessed. Some of them would go out of their minds. What's that about the lunatic? Okay. What about the little boy that kept falling in the water and falling in the fire and everything? And, uh, Jesus, and, and this, this father asked Jesus' disciples to heal him. They couldn't do it. Jesus' disciples had been walking with Jesus, seeing Jesus, everything that he had done. And finally Jesus came along. And this man, this father said, Sir, I'm trying to get your disciples to heal my son. And they can't do it. Jesus just, he, I can see him now. He, said, he just shook his head and said, how long am I going to tolerate this? And just kind of paraphrase it. Talking to the, to the disciples. You've been with me. You've seen the power. Why don't you use it? And, 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 and they asked Jesus himself. They said, why couldn't we heal your, this boy? Jesus looked at him and said, you didn't have enough faith. 
you lack faith. And that's when he said, told, that's when he told these people, if you've just got the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain, and that mountain has got to move. He said, if you've just got this faith the size of a mustard seed, which the mustard seed is the smallest seed of any plant, but it grows in to one of the largest trees there is. Starts out at a tiny seed. You know, that's what God wants us. He'll, he'll put that seed of faith in us, but he expects that faith to grow, to believe, and to, and to honor him in our belief, to do things. You know, it's just like I said, you know, sometimes I've been called to do something that at the hospitals or a house or something to go pray over somebody, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, And I know it's not me. I know it's God. So my faith is in God. I say, God, you see this? I want you to have this glory. Heal this person. Let them see your power. Let them see your glory. Turn them to you, O oh God. You'd be surprised at what happens. I've seen people get up and walk that couldn't walk. I've seen people that's going through a lot of different things and just in a matter of a day or so, they were completely healed and sent home from the hospital. And it's not me. It's God. He's manifesting himself because of faith. You got faith, God says, I'll show up. I'll show up if you got faith. You know, Pat Bramlett, Roy's wife, we was at... Uh, had, took her to the emergency room at, at Harris. Her heart was just going crazy. They couldn't get it in a rhythm. They couldn't get it to do anything. Well, I was sitting out there, and she finally asked him, could my pastor come in? And they said, well, yeah. I went back there. I anointed her with oil. Roy was back there. I had hardly no time. I anointed her with oil, and just in a matter of moments, her heart went back into rhythm. That happened with Renee. And it also happened with, uh, oh gosh. Well, the name just. Uh, Betty Luna and them's mother live down here. Annie, Annie Price. She was in the hospital. And I was up there visiting with her. And they was trying to get her heart to get back in a, in a rhythm. I prayed for her, and, but I had to leave. And, they, and, and Betty, Lanelda, Peggy, they all said, Bill, you hadn't got out of that room. And that heart went right back into where it was supposed to be. The nurses, doctors, just like with, 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 with Pat Bramlett. What's going on? What's going on? And I love what Pat said. She said, Jesus showed up. You know, I mean, she wasn't embarrassed about telling him, Jesus, touch me. She knew that. She said, she felt it. She knew exactly when it happened. And you know, we got an enemy out there that wants to destroy us. We got an enemy out there that totally wants to destroy us and just take all credit and all praise away from God. You know, 
And Satan is not alone in his spiritual attacks. We don't know how many demons he has. But we know he, we don't know how many angels there are. I was reading in the Bible, and it, was, it said there was a thousand times ten thousand times thousands times thousands. It's in Revelations. They said some mathematicians got a hold of that and got to figure it out. They figured that there was approximately around 10 trillion angels. 10 trillion. So if Satan took a third of them, he took at least three and a half trillion angels, demons, that are out there with him. So Satan's got an army. He's got an army that he comes against God's people with. Uh, here in uh, Matthew 25, verse 41, <clears throat> he says, Jesus speaks, he's, he tells, you know, he speaks, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to get about is these angels here. He says, Jesus speaks of the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. A lot of people, the angels, people do not realize, or, or, or realize that the fallen angels that left God are demons. They belong to Satan. They're his demons. And now they're classified as demons. And hell was created for all of these demons, for all these fallen angels, for all that wouldn't believe in Jesus Christ, for all that don't believe in God. There is a hell, and that's what Jesus is saying. There is a hell. There are demons. Satan is real. Be aware. Be aware. And... Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24, Satan is called Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Beelzebub means ruler of the demons. And that's what Satan is called. Ruler of the demons. Demons think, they believe, and hear, and speak. They're just like the angels. They, they hear what God... You know, you say... Well, how, does, if, if Satan can't read our mind, how does he know what I'm doing? How does he know what's going on? Do you realize that, that, that Satan has demons assigned to you, to watch you, to listen to you, to hear what comes out of your mouth? When you get discouraged or unbelief in you, or you say to I just can't stand that person. Every time I see him, I get so mad. You're going, to be how, you're going to be surprised how many times that person's going to start showing up in your life. You're going to go to Walmart, and he's going to be on every aisle. Because the devil heard you say it. And he knows what irritates you. Satan knows everything about it. He knows your weaknesses. He, you're being watched. He knows, what, he knows how to tempt you because he knows where your weakness is. And that's what he looks for. He looks for the weakness, and then that's what he hits you with, where you're the weakest part, where you're the easiest to be tempted. If, say you like to drink beer, but you don't want to drink beer. But every time that, that, that you run into a friend, that friend's going to tell you, oh, come on, let's go have a beer. Let's go do this. Let's go do He's going to try and tempt you into doing what you said you don't want to do anymore. Go to the places you don't want to go. Do the things you don't want to do. 
the devils are going are gonna to know all this, and th that's where temptation comes from. <clears throat> and, you know, and here's, here's somewhere where I wanted to go. Many people ask a question. Can a believer be possessed by a demon? What do you think? A true believer that actually and truly believes in Jesus Christ can not be possessed by a demon. Demons are very involved in the world today. They're everywhere. They, they, they're just everywhere. They see everything you do. But the Bible is clear that Christians, and what I'm going to call a Christian, is a true believer. That you truly, with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're going to serve Him. That is a true believer. If you are a true believer, you cannot be demon-possessed. Now, if you're fooling around on the edges, and you don't, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. I'm not sure about that. Watch out. Watch out. Demons say, oh, wait a minute now. I don't know if they truly believe it. Hey, this may be somebody we can go to. This may be somebody that we can draw away before he really gets to know Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do, now listen, what I'm talk, we're talking about that a true believing Christian cannot be demon-possessed. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it is saying, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you're a true believer, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You don't belong to yourself anymore. You belong to God. And the Bible tells it, and God paid a very high price for you. He paid a very high price. And he didn't mind paying it because he loved you so much. But that high price was the life of his son, Jesus Christ. His shed blood, all his pain, his sorrow, his tears, everything he went through was for us. He paid a very high price. And you know, he paid it before we ever accepted him. God gave his son to die on that cross for our sins before we ever received Jesus Christ into our heart. He already did it because of, of God's love for us. A true believers are permanently indwelled by the Spirit of God. That, 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 that Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. He stays right there with you. He stays right there with you. And in John 1, and first, excuse me, in 1 John 4, 4, and we need to get this down into our spirit. It tells us, you are of God, little children. We're God's little children. And have overcome them. You have overcome them. What? You have overcome the demons. You've overcome the world and everything in the world. Everything that comes against God, you've overcome it. 
because you belong to him. You've accepted me as your, as your Lord and as your Savior. You truly believe. You're a true believer. And, and they can't touch you. It says, and, have, and you have overcome the demons because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. A demon is no match for the Holy Spirit. He's no match for him. He's got your back. The Holy Spirit will not share what's his with a demon. You're his, and he's not going to share you. What does God say? For I am a jealous God. I'm not going to share you. I'm not going to share you with idols. I'm not going to share you with demons. I'm not going to share you with anything. You belong to me. You are mine, and I'm not going to stand for it. He's got you. He's protecting you. You know, and what did he say? He who is, who is in us is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and who is in the world is Satan and his demons. Greater is he, the Holy Spirit, who is in you than he, Satan and his demons, that are in the world. God is so much greater and more powerful than demons, than Satan. And if God says no, not a thing they can do. Not a thing. Do y'all realize that the uh, book of Job, it says that Job was talking to, uh, I mean, J uh, Jesus was talking to Job and them and some of the angels and things, and Satan showed up just out of the blue. God looks at Satan. Where'd you come from? He said, oh, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth, doing all the damage I can. And they said that God looked at him and said, have you ever considered my man Job? Have you ever considered him? Have you ever tried to do anything with him? What did Satan say? He said, well, I can't do anything with him. You've blessed him so, and you've got your hedge of protection around him, and I can't touch him. God's got his hedge of protection around you. God had to give Satan permission to come against Job. He had to give him permission. Oh, he did everything he could to Job. Even Job's wife got so aggravated with all that Job was putting up with and going through, she told Job, said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, no way, babe. I'm in here for the long run. Are you in for the long run? Are you, are, has Jesus got a hold of you in a way that, that, it says that he won't let go of you. Man cannot snatch you out of his hand if he's got a chick. He's holding on to you. He got too much invested in you to let you go. He loves you. Scripture makes it very clear. A demon is not able to enter and take control of a, of a true believer. Notice I said true believer. Like, oh yeah, I go to church. Hey, don't tell you how many times Satan's walked in these doors, been to church. 
You can go to church and still be unsaved. Linda, my wife, she could be unsaved. Just, she's not saved just because she's my wife. Grandkids aren't saved just because they, they, they belong to the church's pastors and elders and, and the people in the church. No. They have to believe in their heart. You can't believe for them. Oh, wouldn't it wouldn't be good if you could believe for your children, but you can't. When they get to that age of accountability, and that varies, because each person has a different level of thinking and knowledge and what they can understand. I've seen five-year-olds that can understand more than Dale. You know? <laughs> no, Dale, he's... Yeah, see, <laughs> but see, that's it. God looks at age of accountability, what we know, what we understand, and that's what he judges us on. There might be some kids that were five years old, they're ready to accept Jesus. There might be some people 24, 25 years old, they're still not ready. But God knows who's ready and who's not. Teach your children at home what God's Word says. They're not going to learn everything in here or in Sunday school. But when you get that time, open up that Bible and te teach them about demons. Teach them how strong demons are and how to avoid them. Know when you start feeling like, oh, I don't feel right. I don't, I, I don't know if God's with me. I don't know if I'm really saved. Don't let them go through that. Explain to them Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, and if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved. And don't worry about it. But a, 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 a demon is not, or is, cannot enter and take control of a true believer. Because the Holy Spirit is stronger than any demonic being, including Satan himself. Yes, we as Christians, we are troubled by the devil. We're tempted by the devil. But he cannot possess you if you belong to Jesus Christ. And you have the power, not in you yourself, but through God, to rebuke Satan. I got something here that's real short, but I'm going to read it to you. I found this as I was, as I was doing this. I want, I want to share it with you. We, the Christian, have no authority over Satan ourselves alone. Just you alone, without God, without the Holy Spirit, you don't have power over Satan. You have to have God in your life. You have to, have to be filled with the Holy Spirit for God to work through you, to give you the power. You can't do it on your own. You know, even Michael, the archangel, he wouldn't even rebuke Satan because of how powerful Satan was. But he said, may God rebuke you. Well, you know, demons and, and Satan, they're not something you play around with. Well, you don't play around with them. You better know God. 
It says, God has all authority, and he fights on our behalf. Our response when Satan attacks us should include submitting ourselves to God, praying for God's protection, and resisting sin. Resisting what Satan's trying to do. When we place ourselves under God's protection, Satan has no authority over us, and he will flee. When you place yourself under God's protection, Satan has no authority over you. And we can respond to the devil's temptation just like Jesus did. And we all know, about, I'm going to tell you again, how Jesus responded when Satan came against him and tried to tempt him. When he was in the wilderness, Satan came against him three different times. And every time, all three times, Jesus responded to Satan by using the Word of God. For it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is Satan left him for a season, or left him for a time. But he's going to come back. But we fight him with the Word of God. If Jesus defeated Satan's temptation by Scripture, we certainly should rely on the Bible to overcome Satan's temptation in our life. We can defeat Satan with Scripture just like Jesus did. We can do it. He can't stand against God's Word. And uh, using God's Word is what we call the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, God's Word, is our weapon against Satan, and Satan has no weapon to counteract it. He don't. So yes, we can be bugged. If you're not a true Christian, if you don't really believe, you can be possessed. But if you are a true believer and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that he... That he came, he died on that cross, he rose the third day, he, and he's now sitting at the right hand of God, that he did everything that the Bible said he did. You are a true believer, and a, and a demon cannot possess you. You're free of them. They're going, I'm, I'm not, notice, I didn't say they wouldn't come against you. It's just like Jesus said about the church. My church, I have built my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. But he did not say that, that the devil wouldn't come against the church. The devil comes against the church all the time. But he's not going to win. If a church is full of true believers, Satan don't even really want to show up. But I just wanted to bring this tonight. I don't know how many people have wondered, are, de are, de are demons real? Or do we really have demons going around? Or can we really be demon-possessed? Always, are some people possessed by demons or are they just crazy? There's many people out there that's demon possessed because they don't know Jesus Christ. They didn't know when the demon entered. He tricked them. He's full of tricks. And he is a father of all lies. Satan cannot open up his mouth and speak without lying. And he is good at it. What do you mean he's good at it? Did he, not, did he not lie to a third of the angels and convince them to leave God? 
Just think what he can do to us if we don't believe and have God in our life. But I just wanted to bring that tonight and uh, just show you there are demons. And we just need to be prepared. When you, when, they, when you feel that uneasiness, drop on your knees. Go before God. Say, Lord, I just need your touch. I need your protection around me. Put your hedge of protection around me. Put your hedge of protection around my family. Lord, I believe in you with all my heart. I serve you. And you are my God. I worship nobody else. Just love God and let God love you back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us, Lord, that, that as long as we have you in us and us and, and we truly and totally believe, Lord, that the demons cannot possess us. They cannot come in. They can torment us. They can come against us. But they cannot come in. We can beat them through you. So, Lord, I'm just asking you to just to fill each one of us as full as you can of the Holy Spirit and let us walk with you worship you, love you, serve you, and Father, just let us be under the power and control of that precious Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for everything that you do, for what you're going to do. Lord, we know that you're going to do more in this church than what's happening right now. Lord, I know you are. I know you are. And I'm thanking you ahead of time. My faith is that you're going to fill this church. So, Lord, I'm thanking you ahead of time, showing you, Lord, I have faith that you're going to do it, and I believe it. And I pray these things, Lord. Bless these people. Put your hedge of protection around them, and bless them, Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.